gonna go ahead and start this off right was now. Was it right when I said schlep rock? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was yes. pretty good. Right when you right when you said slip rock. So let's go ahead live right here, right now. Trying this out with OBS, trying to do a multi-stream right now, so please bear with us. Here goes nothing. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast you got that so far joe <laughs> it's gerald glassford i hope i'm not a schlep rock from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listen to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, of course, everyone at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947 every single day. He's right there, right there, commenting as only he can at LakersBall.com. Plus also as well, the number one Lakers blogger, Laker Tom. You can find him and also Jamie Sweet in those five things articles right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and be part of the conversation that those two are always having with each other at Lakerholics.com. And it does go off the rails quite a bit there. So check that out at Lakerholics.com. Those are good friends of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And also... We're doing this live on both Facebook and YouTube, so go ahead and like the Facebook page. I'm trying to go ahead and give some love to our former main home of where the Lakers Fast Break first started, Facebook. So giving some love out there, plus also go ahead and giving some love to everyone out there on YouTube. So if you can subscribe today, right below Sean, we've gotten a lot of new subscribers lately, and it's greatly appreciated. So if you can do all that, plus our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, it is sincerely appreciated. Oh. You asked for it out there. We thought we'd touch on some NBA observations after the first few days and the first weekend of NBA action. NBA action is going on right as we speak here at the Lakers Fast Break. A lot of good games in progress right now, including the fact that I think that the 76ers will get their first win of the season ahead of the Lakers. Now, that's something we talked about on last night's recap far as get their first win first it looks like it's going to beat the 76ers because they're ahead of indiana and pulling away there's also as well we got a lot of things to talk about when it comes to the nba but since the topic on all the podcasts seem to be the owen three lakers and since all the talk is about russell westbrook and what the lakers are not doing with him and instead are doing with him in keeping him out there on the floor I'm going to go ahead and hear, once again, the thoughts of Joe Soro and Sean Grice. But first off, it is the magic man, the madman from Toronto, the guy getting out of Toronto traffic. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing here today for our 
Lakers fast break and hopefully down the road our watch parties whenever we can get that started whenever playback tv gives us the uh, mother may I to go ahead and do so it is Sean Grice Sean I know you were in the chat all over the chat and I appreciate you going to the chat in order to go ahead and let everybody know what your thoughts on the Russell Westbrook situation but seeing the debacle that you saw and the poor choice and going to Lakers Twitter it just cheers me up when I go there and I see all the memes and the the gifts. I actually was forwarding some to you guys last night. I was telling you, go ahead and hit there. I like the ones that say, you know, JFK and Tupac. They would be around, <laughs> they would be around if Westbrook was the shooter. Uh, you know, all the other ones that were in there as well. I, I like all the memes. They're just they they cheered me up after a tough game yesterday. But your thoughts on Russell Westbrook? This situation has gotten a lot worse, and it doesn't look to get any better. Gerald, the whole social media went buck wild last night on us. and I mean, it was just, I, I agree with you, but when you sent me that email, the first, about laughing about all this, the first image I got was, um, Gerald reminds me of the comedian from The Watchmen, like the original movie where he's just, he laughs at chaos and violence, and it's just, it's very humorous to him. And I, I kind of got similar vibes, Gerald. I got well, That's be Lakers honest. Twitter, my friend. That's yeah. just Lakers yeah. oh, Twitter. It, it, it's a knife party. It was a knife party, that's for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, so it's, it's really either one or two options. Either you, you go all in in the knife fight, or you just uh, stay away. And... Um, I agree with you, Gerald. Uh, uh, well earned. Um, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Russ is. Uh, look, I, I'm losing the ability to capture the right synonyms to describe just how bad his shooting is. Abysmal, putrid, stinky, stink, stank, stunk. As uh, Boris Karloff said in The Grinch, I mean, it's just, it's awful. You know, I I remember us discussing this before the season started, Gerald, and I brought up the suggestion if uh, you thought the right idea would be just to sit him. Well, that, that was not just brought up by home. me. That was brought up yeah. by a lot of people. Just, just, I, just. I I realized that, but um, early on in the summer, you were one of the first people in the media to start talking about it seriously about the Lakers just having a discuss a frank discussion with him about staying home. And uh, welcome back, Denver Nuggets, baby. Just want to say God bless to you as well, my friend. Thanks for so so much for happening back on with us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But continue, my friend. Continue. Yes, and and you know. I think maybe that would have been the better decision, Gerald. I realize hindsight is twenty twenty, but um, Joe described it uh, perfectly and succinctly last year when he described um, what we saw last year as the the worst abomination he's ever seen as a Laker fan. And I agree a hundred percent. And we're just. We're rolling down the tracks right now at the same thing. It's the same brick wall we're heading towards. And we can try and find another set of tracks to go off. 
but it starts with, like Joe said, an exodus of Russ. Hello, Terrence That's Harvey. That's what needs to happen. It's the exodus of Russ. That's what we're dealing with right now. It is uh, very tough to watch right now. Again, for someone who is a former MVP, who is someone who was so much a part of the last decade as far as one of the top players in the league, someone who had a style in Oklahoma City that was an offense that was really catered to his gifts as an athlete. Unfortunately, it's just not meshing here. I said, and I have been saying since the trade, that his style is not a fit for the modern NBA. The style of the modern NBA has evolved beyond what Russell Westbrook is good or even efficient at. It's not a reflection of him. It's just a reflection on who he is as a player at this point in time. It's just something that doesn't work. He just, you know, okay, his style is just not meshing well, not just with the Lakers, but with this current scheme of the NBA. But also here today to talk about the game as a good man indeed, or excuse me, about what's going on with the NBA as a good man indeed, it is Joe Sorrow, the man behind LakersBall.com as Ox1947. And Joe, I will say, again, it's a rough, been a rough watch so far as far as Russell Westbrook. He's not totally to blame. Let's not just throw all this on Russell Westbrook for the 0-3 start. There are a lot of mitigating factors. I think it starts up on top and then works its way down. But when, as I've said last year, it's not just one area of the organization that's not doing well that's the cause for the Lakers' troubles. It's a whole, like you said, a whole embodiment of what's going on as an organization. Yes, to a degree. However, Rob and Jeannie don't play basketball. And no one's telling Russell Westbrook to take a jump shot with 30 seconds left when you're up one. I had this discussion with a Laker fan friend of mine today. He, he said the same thing pretty much you said. Well, it's it's an organizational problem. I said, yeah, but 90% of the problem is Russell Westbrook. Not well, from not, a, I didn't, you notice I didn't have a pie chart yeah. to say. You know, exactly. This is, this is a, this is beyond bad shooting. This is a festering cancer. He is, all you need to do is see the clips of, heck, the clip of post-game Anthony Davis, someone who's usually pretty articulately calm and cerebral, who looked like me for the first time. Was just like you could see a scowl on his face. When you see that, you know it's more than just missing a shot. And the issue with the top part, which is management, is they don't have enough fortitude to cut it. Just don't want to do it. And until they do it or trade them, there's nothing else you guys can do. You can save yourselves the headache, at least, of not having to answer the questions of Russell Westbrook at the very least and just let him sit home. And I'm I'm pretty sure that you get rid of that problem. We might not make the playoffs, but I know that we're not going to be stressed every game. It's a stressful watch. It's a stressful watch. You don't know what this guy's going to do to sabotage the game. And it's 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 tiring at this point. Make a decision, for God's sakes. More wrong is done by indecision than wrong decision. So let's 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 use that line for our current situation. 
They made a wrong decision. It happens. It's okay. Yes, it sucks. We've killed two years out of it. Get over it already. But their indecision to getting rid of the problem is what's eating and killing the team even more. So at what point? So if anybody's going to learn a lesson in life from this, let's put a positive spin here. I usually like to use some form of a negativity and turn it into a positive and use it as a life lesson. Why? Because I care. You guys know. I, I care. I care. Until I don't care. I don't care what Russell Westbrook does on the court anymore. Yeah, I already seen enough. Time to move on. Now. But the problem is they're not moving on. There's no trade that's been announced today. I don't ex- think, expect anything to No, it doesn't. No, they're not going to do anything. And that's part of the problem, right? That's the problem why these guys keep making bad decisions because they're not, they're indecisive. They're indecisive in making the call. So let this be a lesson. Laker fans, our Utah, our Denver fans that watch the show, anyone who's watching the show, even if you're not a fan of any team, if you're going to learn a lesson from this, is this is what happens when you're indecisive. Make a decision. Make a decision. Even if it's wrong, it's okay. You get on with the next step. If you're indecisive, this is what happens. It lingers. It festers. It cancer. It, it turns into a, a deeper cancer until what? Until we're 0-6? What's the difference right now between 0-3 and 0-6? You're talking about basically, you, if you don't make a decision now, 0-6 means you're never going to get above 500 this year. Yeah, well, let's just put last year for an example as far as New Orleans. They started, what, 1-13, 1-12, I think? They, they were they were 1-12, you know. Okay, yeah. yeah. And they, it, they never made it back to 500, even though they had that great playoff run, which, you know, they, they held their own in the first round and made it very exciting. But they never, correct me if I'm wrong, they never got back to 500. Is that correct? No, they did not. Well, I think that uh, tells you right there. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to, in this league right now, with the way it is, to win, let's say, five to ten games more than the previous season. It's usually hard. So let's say if you're a 50-win team, let's say you go 50 and 32. It's hard to get to 55 and 56. The Lakers would have to go eight games above what they did last year just to get to 500. And that's uh, – and, and the other thing is I, I have to reiterate this. First of all, you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your team. This team should not be sucking this bad. So you know it's mental. Yes, they're missing shots at, at a historic rate. But we've seen that happen in, in the past in terms of they're not making shots, and then, you know, something balances out in some way. They'll still stink at it, but not going to be shooting 8% from the three, a three like Westbrook is. Westbrook has given us a year and change of the same stuff. At what point are you going to figure it out that this is not going to work? At what point? What is the difference? Try something else. Sit him. Sit him. Sit him down. Call it a day. Call it a year. Call it a career. Let your young guys, let LeBron and AD rest and, and, and not have to go to a press conference and hold their tongue 
because they know as soon as they say something, all the yahoos in that room and all the jackholes on Twitter, Instagram, whatever the hell, they're going to go, oh, LeBron is this. Now, I'm not, I'm not a LeBron apologist. You guys know I've gotten on LeBron for some of the things he's done. But yes. this, is not, this would not be one of them, though. If LeBron was in a press conference and said, this guy sucks, I'd be the first guy to go stand next to LeBron and go, thank you, LeBron. That was what a leader does. Thank you. Well, did you get a chance to see the reactions of both him and AD when he, he did take that ill-advised when shot? When they played, yeah, they had the, they had a, the wide they, shot. They stretched of it out, yeah. Yeah, I didn't need to watch that. I felt it, and I, 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 I we said this in the last show. We're, we're guys sitting at home watching this as fans. Imagine you're LeBron. You're in the gym, okay? You're eating cod and bass and salmon and all this food so your body is is is, is on it, it, at its optimum level you have ad who's had to deal with you know guys like charles barkley who never won squat telling him call him street clothes he's got to deal with that and trying to come back and play the way he's supposed to play and you're going through all that stress and all that preparation and all that headache to watch the guy that's making more money than you take one of the dumb Made Kwame Brown look like Jason Kidd. Russell Westbrook makes Kwame Brown look like Jason Kidd. That's how <laughs> bad he is. It's not just the shooting. It's this. This up here. Then he wanted to fight a fan. What is this? How old is this guy? 34? When, did, when, did, when is this guy going to mature and grow up? This is a disease, guys. You can't, you can't expect. They're not going to win with this guy on the team. So let him go. Sit him. You got to pay him. That's part of the... CBA, you got to pay these guys. They have mental illness. They have mental this. They want to go play video games instead of going to the games. You still got to pay them. Fine. Just send them home. Call it a night. Call it a career. And then try to salvage whatever's left of this year. And hopefully something happens. You can trade it before the deadline. Other than that, guys, you keep that guy in the game. I don't know if they're going to win a game in the next seven games anyways. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. 
So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I'll just say this. I've never met the man. I've seen him in town a few times. Um, We're speaking about Charles Barkley. But people talk around the city, and he's just, he's one of the most generous tipping celebrities you'll ever hear about. $400 tips, five. And I know the money isn't what's important here. What's important here is the man is generous. And uh, I, I get it, Joe. That character he plays on TV, it can it can kind of rub people the wrong way. But Emmy Award winning performances, man, you gotta. It's just a character he plays, but I, I understand how how people think about him that way. But I, I think we've had it with Russ. I I, I mean, to me, I, I understand that everybody wants wants to have the, a, a grand discussion about the the the. Uh, the brick road to hell right now that uh, we're going through. But like Joe said, I mean, that, that, that story's been told already. Let, let's turn the page. You it's mentioned, time to... Well, you mentioned Jason Kidd. So I think that with Jason Kidd, no, was he, he's a great shooter. He still managed to chuck up, uh, you know, almost what, one of the all time. Took him a long time to learn how to shoot. Well, yeah. well Took he's him a, a long time. He's one of the all time top 10, three point makes, uh, not percentage wise, but makes as I know that he's in the all time top 10 list, but he was never thought of as a great shooter. When it comes to Russell Westbrook though, the difference is even if he wasn't a good shooter, Jason Kidd was still respected for his on-court awareness and his his mind as far as out there on his way to go ahead and perceive what is going on on the basketball court and make the right play, make the right call, and make the right decision for his basketball team. You know, I if, think that well, let I me think... finish. Let me finish. When it comes to Russell Westbrook, you're not just seeing the poor shooting; you're seeing the poor judgment calls on top of it. And this is what is irking, I think, a lot of people out there. It's the fact that you're not getting any residual positives from Russell Westbrook when he's out on there. It's, yeah. it's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. I, 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 I'm I, starting to feel for Luna, or one of our viewers. After I finished my last sentence, I, I am over this, guys. And I'm going to cut this short so that Sean can talk. I'm done with Russell Westbrook. It's over. So like that story I told you about the wedding that I didn't go to, guys, I'm not going to get into the details, but my guys know. At some point, you got to put your foot down and just call it a day. I'm done with Russell Westbrook. It's over. I already know the, I don't know, I already know the end of the story. Done. Ron, any last thoughts? And we'll touch on the NBA for the rest of the show. Yeah, no, no, Gerald. I, I was that's a pretty that was an interesting uh, comparison Joe made. I, I would say the the antithetical player to what Russell Westbrook has become would be Tony Parker. Similar athleticism. Uh, they both came into the NBA, couldn't shoot a jump shot worth a lick. Tony Parker learned how to shoot a jumper. Tony Parker learned how to run an offense. Tony Parker learned the hard way. Greg Popovich was extremely hard on him. He was a young player as well. And like Russell Westbrook, he had a lot of immaturity. 
But Tony Parker understood that I need to be a, like Joe said, a leader. I need to be a better shooter when I need to shoot. I need to be a great facilitator when it's called upon. And he did everything that Pop asked him to do throughout his career. As Joe said, Russ, kind of antithetical to that, in my opinion, while having uh, otherworldly athleticism and um, just tremendous um, guts. And uh, as um, Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, uh, testicular fortitude. Um, there comes a certain time he when... He said a couple like, other things every now and then. Yeah, he did. Um, but Something about 316. Yeah, this is a family show, Gerald. <laughs> but anyway, like Joe was saying, at a certain point in time, the you have to, the switch has to be flipped. You have to be, make better judgments. You have to understand situational awareness. And what's the best play to make? Not necessarily what's the best shot to take. Yeah, and Zangerstein, uh, thank you so much for chiming as well. Uh, you know, this is not about Russell Westbrook, the person, the individual. He does a lot no. of good things for the community. He he gives back as far as his charity for the fashion sh- stuff he does, and you know that is to be commended. Uh, I'm sure he's got a great family, and I'm hoping for him a long and happy life. We're not. This is not about him as far as an individual. As a player, he's already got his his ticket already to the Hall of Fame already set. First ballot, Hall of Famer, no question about it. This is just about who he is at the now. Time. Yes. And right you're now. And, and you're right, Zangerstein. Athleticism wanes. Uh, you know, he's thirty four. He's not as fast. He's not as quick. He can't jump as high as he once did. And he hasn't come to grips with that yet. The fact is, he's never been a great shooter. I already said on the show many times exactly that he's one of the statistically the worst three-point shooters of all time, given the number of takes that he's made. And it's just not going to change. Problem is, his shot has gotten or stayed the same or even gotten worse, and his athleticism has gotten worse. And that's just a bad combination. You're, as you get older, your, your shot is supposed to get better. You're... Your, your outside shot, your technique, your form, you should have been able to go ahead and get in the gym enough times to go ahead and work on it to the point where, like Carmelo, Carmelo transformed his game in from what he did to the 40% three-point shooter that he was at various times in the past three, four years that he'd been able to play. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're just not seeing it right now from Russell Westbrook. It's just a time where I think the game has passed him on by. Yes, a hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, Gerald. Um, today, you know, a, a front office is basically looking at you know a thousand different spreadsheets on on how to increase their efficiency in just about every statistical category that's possible. And Russell, just at his age, with his waning athleticism, with his broke broken shot. He just he doesn't fit into any he's of those. He's cared more on defense. He's cared yes. more on defense this season, and I will give him credit for that. And BDA Pink says he's still athletic than most point guards. That mean that may be the case, but for his style, as Joe said, he's missing layups right and left. He's not being he's not able to shoot. He's just not able to get where he wants to go. 
Gerald, I remember the great um, Clive Davis, uh, the, the music producer, said that every every bright star eventually burns out, and and that's just what happens. It happens eventually. Yep. Like we, we've 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 seen it time and time and time again, and this is just what's happening to him right now. And um, you, you know, I'm I'm more concerned that. Like Joe said, the buck stops with Jeannie Buss. And as she said in the past, she's not the brightest bulb when it comes to basketball. Admittedly, if any if anybody else off the street went to that position, even with the casual knowledge or even genies, they say the same thing. What I'm trying to say is that uh, she did an interview earlier where she was basically, well, she was laughing and scowling at us for questioning, you know, the brain trust of that organization. She's questioning why we're questioning why Linda Buss and Kurt Rambis are, are are integral decision makers in a room in a four uh walled room that requires uh precise analytical thinking and what the hell does Linda Rambis know about basketball if Jeannie admits she doesn't know much about it what the hell does she know and I respect Kurt Rambis's NBA career but I saw him, and I remember him as a coach with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the New York Knicks. He wasn't good. I never really felt like guys laid it out on the line for him the way they did for Phil. And he's making decisions. And of of course we're going to be skeptical. And of course we're going to question whether or not these people should be involved yeah it doesn't involve us it's it's just our uh it's just our sweat equity and our 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 tear equity as fans that's all it is um but that's how the bus family makes their money right now is through our sweat and tears and what is really frustrating and and really really sad is that she from that interview, I feel like she doesn't really care. See what happens as this saga for Russell Westbrook continues. Let's see if I can reach out to Laker Tom, because I know Laker Tom wants to talk a little bit more about it. Bring him in on Tuesday, so for Tuesday with Laker Tom on it. But we will be back on Wednesday for sure to talk about what's going on with the Lakers for the post game of the Nuggets. At least we know somebody will be here to man the ship for the Lakers fast break on Wednesday night after the Denver Nuggets game. I'm hoping Joe and Tom can pull it through, no problem, without any type of issues or concerns. I can rest easy, therefore. But before we head on out, we're going to be doing a nice long discussion on the NBA because Paul and so many others have asked for our thoughts on the NBA. We must know the Lakers. We must know the NBA as well because if you don't know the Lakers, you don't know the NBA. So right now, after the first few days of the NBA, we've got uh, – you like that little – Trying to get something out of Joe right there for you. But with the NBA a few days in, we're already seeing some different things than what we expected. Joe, your thoughts on this, a team that you have seen 
that surprises you because I've got a couple in mind. I mean, there, we could already we could already go into like you know the Celtics going off well until tonight, you know, going three and zero until tonight. We, we could talk about you know some of the like the Nuggets going into Golden State and beating the beating the Golden State Warriors. You know, those two teams are still good. But tell me a team that is surprising you right out of the gate because I think there's a lot of good stories so far in the NBA. I mean, how can you not mention the Utah Jazz? <laughs> and the, I love all the Danny Ainge memes. Paul, if you're listening, the Danny Ainge memes on Twitter are just killer. So let's 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 not delve delve into the obvious. That's that's easy. Oh, they're playing good team ball. Jordan Clarkson's playing well, and blah blah blah. But we talk about fortitude. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, these are professional base basketball players, right? They're professional. They're professionals. There's not one guy in the league that's not really, really good at playing basketball. There are some that are better than others. We know that. But these guys seem to have taken it personally that they are going to stink. And you have a group that's being, I guess, led by Danny Ainge and the coaching staff and a city to not stink. And they're coming through because they're like, we don't care about the lottery. We're going to play to win. And you don't really see that a lot, really, especially in the NBA. So I think that's the surprise. It's a surprise that, wow, we're – we're finding some NBA players here that are actually sacking up, not crying to their mommies and their PlayStations like Ben Simmons. Yeah, right now they're down against Houston, but still 3-0 and to start off with. That's very impressive for a team that you know everybody had pegged, and including Danny Ainge as well. It's still early. It. Yeah. You know, they could end up losing 10 in a row. Yeah. But it's nice that they came out and they beat some good teams or too. Danny I mean, Ainge could Denver. tell them all, you guys are all injured. There you go. Well, maybe Danny Ainge might just say, look, if you guys don't start losing, I'm going to trade for Russell Westbrook and not ask for draft picks. Oh, oh he's got a rash on his foot. He's got a rash on his foot. Let's for two months. Let's play him for Shidets. Yeah. And then we're going to have Adam Silver sit there and say, well, we, we, we've solved the problem, sort of, with adding eight more teams to the playoff hunt. Adam Silver, unfortunately, this is sad for me to say because I really liked Adam. I thought for a moment there he was the best commissioner in sports. But boy, did, did the pandemic really jack him way up? It really, really just destroyed credibility. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, and he he did the right thing during that time, even though it wouldn't have been something I did. But by doing it, he opened the door to entitlement, and what that means is, anytime he didn't make the right call again for certain people, they were going to question him and say, oh, so you're with them kind of attitude. When in fact, those guys should have been backing him up because he still has a league he has to look over. He still has the owners to appease. He's got all this stuff going on that you hired this guy to run a basketball league, not to be the president of the United States. So you're, I think it's, and I, and, and seeing that press conference for Sarver, 
he looked about as uncomfortable as I've ever seen him look, as, as uncomfortable as I've ever seen him look. And usually he's always dapper Adam. He's, he knows what he's doing. But he knew. He knew. He's a lawyer. He knew. This was a different situation. And, of course, the public being the scumbags that they are a lot of the times and the entitled a-hole players, the entitled people that they are sometimes, they didn't really – and this is the part, guys, we were talking about this off air. When you think you know what's going on and you don't, or you act like you know what you're doing or what you're saying, you don't know jack crap, okay? The differences between what happened before with Flipper Man and Sarver is there was – Verbal apes. 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 He's a lawyer. You guys, tell me you're doing your research. You're not. You guys are all like John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy comes in there and starts yapping about, oh, I had nothing to do with this. Five minutes later, he's like, yeah, I put him in there. What is, well, that, what is it? the jazz, though? The jazz? I know I kind of veered off, didn't I? <laughs> he did. I think you were just ready well, for well, any, anyway. Oh, so, this is discussing about the NBA. I can go off on this rant right yeah, there. Yeah. No, no, that 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 Joe Joe was on to something there. He was, well, it turned into it. what what it turns into is it, it's we're we're talking about why the Utah Jazz. What, they got what spunk. They we we got spunk. we got somebody here that's alive, and then I'm trying to point it at a comparison of what's been happening before and how all that stuff ends up kind of polluting it, the brain. It, it's it's the little engine that could right now. It's yeah. it's it's that's look, Gerald. I, I, we're Lakers fans, right? But. You always root for the underdog. You, you always root for the underdog because you never see him coming. And and like Joe said, Utah Jazz, they're reading all the articles about what the analysts are saying. I mean, they're professional athletes. They're this is these are their peers. This is their their critical uh, reviews. And like Joe said, they see they're going to finish in last place. They're they're going to be in the lottery and. And like he, like Joe said, they took it personally. They took it, they took it beneath, beneath the stomach, to the cockles below there, and that's where they summoned some courage. And you did play you say cockles. I said cockles. Yes. Never did I like, think that cockles would be part of the Lakers fast break. Well, it's a, it's a, it's actually it's actually a definable medical term, Gerald. It's perfectly No, actually, I have a nurse in the house and two budding nurses, so yeah. All right, yeah. So they are surprising. You know, another uh, surprising team that uh, I didn't think would get a a lot of um, uh, buzz right now is. Um, you have to start with San Antonio and has yes. Yes, yes. They're up um, right now, right now, in the fourth quarter by 27 over Minnesota, who is at home in Minnesota, one of the teams that many expected to win 50-plus games this year. So I think that's yes. a great surprise for Spurs now going to be in one, be a team that was also supposed to be among the worst, if not the worst, NBA rosters that are out there. So this has just been a, a story, again, like Joe said, they're, they're playing with a lot of heart. Looks like Pop doesn't have the same type of timeline that the front office has in creating a loser or a tanker, which is amazing to see. And it actually is a pleasant surprise, like Joe says, when you're watching the Jazz or you're watching the Spurs or you're watching the Trailblazers, who are now undefeated, you know, which is just supposed to be these guys that may be a mediocre team at best. 
and they're doing really well to start the season. And and unlike and here's the thing, here's the thing. Unlike Bill Belichick, Popovich has actually got the veto power from ownership where he can get into a room with those board of governors and say, look, we're not tanking. That's not my style. And that's not what we do in my locker room. We develop players and I'm trying to win. And, and they concede to him on, on every level, Gerald. He took. He didn't. He wasn't really looking to take over the coaching responsibilities in the, in the mid to late nineties, but he did. He didn't really want to tell R.C. Buford uh, <laughs> not to uh, let Tim Duncan walk out of the building, but he had to uh, intercede there because Tim was ready to sign with the Orlando Magic. But that's another story. But the, it's just an example of who Pop is. It's it's why I respect him and why I think he he is the greatest NBA coach ever. I, I really do think that. Phil's got the rings. Phil Phil is a great coach. But to me, the the, the big difference was Pop could take somebody off the G League or off the street and turn them into uh, a twelve and eight and four player and have them get a second NBA contract. Phil won a lot with superstars, with, with very good role players. Uh, Pop Pop has done a lot of his greatest work with... Uh, I agree with, with BDA, um, though. They, they could have got a better package for Kawhi. Oh, 100, 100%, Gerald, but let's be honest about what that was. They didn't want to deal with the Lakers. So they took the next best deal possible. Well, he just wanted small, to get out of there because there's from a, a small from also also Gerald from a small market team. Because remember, a lot of people forget this, but there are certain organizations who deal with other organizations. For example, the Lakers and Rockets deal a lot with each other. The Lakers and the Hornets have dealt with each other a lot. The two teams that dealt with each other a lot since they were an expansion team were the Raptors and Spurs. So it was uh it was it was easy to see Msayu Jerry sweeping in and doing something like that. I Gerald, if if there's a, a disgruntled uh NBA superstar out there right now, my prediction would be that the one team that would swoop in like the Raptors did is the Nuggets. The Nuggets have the depth, they have the draft picks, and they can create the salary cap space. I know the Clippers can do the exact same thing, Gerald. I understand. But to me, Denver Denver offers more in the way of, of uh, top-heavy Den- depth. Den- well, Denver has more picks. I think uh, I disagree with you on the depth. Uh, I think that Denver has decent depth. They are one of the better teams in the league, but there's no one that, that beats the Clippers on a 1-15. to 15. And you could just throw a package in there as far as older, experienced players at good contracts uh, and younger players with a lot of potential that are on the back end that don't even get a chance to play, like Boston and Man. Those kids can play, and they will never see the light of day in the Clippers because of the fact that they're just so deep. 
So I'm not sure about that. But, you know, then also Denver probably has more picks than the Clippers does because the Clippers don't have much in the way of picks, much like the Lakers. Yeah, no, the, the, um, Denver Denver can trade away multiple first-rounders. Yeah, the, the Clippers and, can. And Den- but, but here's the thing, though, too, Gerald. Denver also owns uh, first-round picks from other teams as well. Yeah. So that that that's extremely well, that would valuable. Be, that would be the the more likely scenario. So yeah, that's that. the icing on the cake, right? If you're trading for cash, you're going to go with the Clippers because, like like Tom says, he's got all those they've got all those tradable contracts. But if you're trading for the future, then you would flip to them. But I want to ask uh, Joe on this in regards to a team that could surprise in the Eastern Conference, the New York Knicks, who are now two and one. I mean, I don't want to say, okay, it's ready to go ahead and party in New York, but I think the Jalen Brunson signing actually is going to turn out to be a lot better than what people had anticipated. Not that he's a great player per se, but I think he brings a winning attitude. The fact that the kid's an overachiever in and of himself, as far as I think a second rounder that's come back to really play well at a high level. And I think he's a he's a pretty good above average point guard. And it's just the fact that what he brings to the team and new mentality I think I'm seeing it start off with a comeback for Julius Randle, who's been sensational this year. He's been as sensational as he was two seasons. So your thoughts on the Knicks, my friend, because again, this is a team that could surprise. I'm not going to say as far as in the top head, top part of the East, but a team that actually could surprise by sneaking into a playoff spot. It's too early, G. I like what I'm seeing so far, though. I Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, uh, Tom Thibodeau is... A 90s NBA coach that somehow treaded the (laughs) the modern basketball era, and the only way he would continue to be—I mean, he's—it—it just—it—it—it wears you out. It, It wears you out. It wears this particular group out. And I say group as in the current talent turned mentality of, of the NBA player, which is sad because, uh, you know, Pat Riley, you know, you could say Tom Thibodeau is like a Pat Riley type work, work, work hard, hard, hard all day, every day. And I had told you guys about the statistic uh, that I had read to you uh, about the 1992 New York Knicks, all but one guy played 82 games. And I say all, of their 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 starters and their regulars that are coming off the bench. I mean, just imagine that. That's a Pat Riley coach team in 1992, and you have eight guys playing eighty all 82 except for one who played 81. And you would think that the the grind and the hard practices and the steelhead type of games that they played at that time, you would think, wow, how that these guys must have been made of steel. Tom Thibodeau has that effect and he can inspire. The problem is I don't know how long it's going to last. And as good as Brunson is, he's still a very good player. He is not a star player. Yeah. And I know, no, no, was I insinuating that? I just think he, I think you were insinuating it and I'm going to correct. No, I said he was above average point guard. You said he was the next Michael Jordan. And now I'm I'm going to go. It's too early. It's too early. There are some surprises. I think Portland being three and oh, Utah being three and oh. Are you holding stock on the Sixers who are just the Sixers? I believe 
if they don't fix this thing by game 41, they're really bad. We might see Doc Rivers go bye-bye. I agree. I agree 100%. That seat will get pretty hot if it starts shaping things up. I mean, they won tonight, so, but against Indiana, a team that's supposed to be, which has also been kind of surprising so far. Ben Matherin right now is my leading candidate for the year going in four games. Sorry to Paulo Bancaro fans because he's been doing awesome as well, but I really think Ben Matherin's he's been a treat. If you ever get a chance to see him on the highlights on YouTube, please go ahead and make I think he's going to be a real star. Yeah, I know he got burned and toasted by uh, James Harden today on a move. I know he's all over Twitter right now, but if you look at the big picture, he's way above expectations. So I think Indiana has got something to look, obviously outside after they tanked this year. But I want to ask you guys in regards to the West Coast and to the Western Conference, you saw the Nuggets the other night handle Golden State in Golden State. Sean, do you take anything from that game? Uh, I, I think... I, it's, again, it's maybe a little bit too early, but then again, this was the team that both Joe and I agree upon. It has a really bright future season. No, I agree. I agree. I I, I don't think it's it's everything, but it, it's iron against iron, right? It's you're, you're sharpening steel on steel to to see if you got the chutzpah to last with these guys. And Denver believes. I, I think if. If if the Joker were on my team, I would believe we had a chance to win every game, Gerald. Honestly, with the the way he plays, the way he can control the pace of the game, he he can't he can not only control the pace, he controls the style as well. It could be a fast pace of a Joker, or it could be half court. It he really can decide what style of play a game goes towards now. I would argue that, you know, Steph and his style of play is, even though it's MVP versus MVP, I would say Steph's style is a little bit stronger than the Joker's. So I would think the joke, the obviously the Joker would need some help down the stretch um, in a seven-game series. I, I think they need a little bit more, more uh, perimeter depth, Gerald. In order to compete with Golden State, I I think also, you know, you have Michael Porter Jr. with uh, with uh, injury history, and man, you never know with a back. Um, you have the backup, I believe, is oh my God, DeAndre Jordan. So you need some big man depth, definitely. They'll they'll be in the mix. Um, in the buyout market for a big man, for sure. Because you can't rely on DeAndre Jordan in the playoffs. No way. And um, just uh, one more thing, Gerald. I'd like to ask you a question on behalf of Raptors fans everywhere. If you redid the 2020 draft, is Scotty Barnes number three, Gerald, or is he number two? Well, a good friend of the show, Raphael Barlow, once was quoted second or the minute that he drafted on air and something he'll never be able to escape. Like, why do you waste the number five pick? He was the number five pick. Uh, yes, on, he was on, the number five pick. Why do you wa- waste a number five pick on a guy? 
And the thing is, though, with him, he might be a glue guy, but he's a superior glue. I really think as his game matures, he'll be able to be someone that's going to be that. Uh, I can do pretty much everything that you need. Need me to score a few? I can score a few. Go ahead and be a facilitator. I can do that. If you need me to be a lockdown defender at four different positions, I can do that. That's what I see him evolving. That's how he's going to become a really great player in this league. But will he average 25 points in a season? I don't think so. I'm just going to say offhand, I don't think so because it's not asked. The team doesn't ask him. The team has got a lot of scores on the team with Trent and, and Anobi and Siakam. They don't really need for him to go ahead and do that. They need him to be a glue guy plus. I mean, Raphael was right in a sense that he is a glue guy, but he is somebody that's a glue guy in such a major way that that makes that whole organization, that whole team click to a higher level than they did before. Well, see, and that that's what, that's what a lot of fans don't really understand. Gerald is that, is that you, you and you and Raf said that, and I respect the man because he's, well, no, he's damn good at, I'm just was quoting yeah, him. He's damn yeah. good at what he does. But the Raptors played in Florida that whole season. But when he meant the, it, he meant it like it was just a waste of a pick at a fifth. Because right. Was, no, no, yeah. no. I get it. I get what he was saying. But actually, he was taking four. Suggs was three. Green was two. And okay. obviously. Well, but he, yeah. but his, his idea was that he thought it was Right. Why are you wasting a pick on a glue guy? Yeah. But, but you see, Gerald. Um, That's just a complimentary rotational player. Yes. Yes. And but But see – People said the same thing when the Phoenix Suns drafted Cam Johnson. What? Why, why are you taking Cam Johnson so early? Why? Well, we know why. There was a fit. He was available. They took him. He is one of the most solid rotational players you have in the NBA. So sometimes when it, when it just feels right, you got to do it. You got to do it. Well, once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glasser along with Joe Sorrell and the magic man, Sean Grice. So happy that he's actually got a good connection here. We're trying it out on StreamYard. And it seems to be going well. Appreciate everybody watching on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't done already, please like our Facebook page and also subscribe to our YouTube channel to get the latest notifications, especially on YouTube when we go on air and our special showings on facebook whenever we can go ahead and do that as well but joe i want to go ahead and hear from you anything outside if i know again it is early and we're just getting some early observations but see anything arising so far out of the west that has caught your eye because of course we see with the lakers it's already become a a drama filled thing i know in brooklyn it looks like they're going to go ahead and be down one and they're going to go have a record of one and two and things are really not looking good right now in Brooklyn, but it's not panic time there yet, like it is in LA. Is there anything uh, observations that you have on the Western Conference that you really wanted to go ahead and point out? I have a feeling the Golden State Warriors are not going to be as good as you think they're going to be. Did that Denver game do it for you? No, I just, you know, if we didn't have the the deadhead on this team, I think we would be two and one right now. And I was not really impressed. I've, you know, with. I was I wasn't really we should have won we should have won we should have won those games. I agree with you and both you and Tom Bo- on that because Tom said Bo- the same thing. Golden State is this last couple of years have been a 
the first time I can remember, uh, even though they were favorite and all that, but to see in Dallas kind of take out a 64-win team the way they did, I, I know it's happened before, but I felt like not at that kind of dominance on the on, at home and things like that. It's just it's a very rare thing to happen. And uh, this the, the league is turning into uh, more of a – parody type league and that's might be what the NBA eventually wanted to happen. Uh I don't know how it's possible for that to happen because it's you know talent is so or at least elite talent it's it, it's it's too important for winning. Um I I'd say if if I had to put put a prediction down I have a feeling that the Golden State Warriors are not going to repeat and not going to be as good as they were last year and I just think they they kind of hit the right stride at the right moment. They played probably the right team, even though the Celtics, I believe, would have beat any team out West except Golden State. I think the matchup there was perfect for them. I just, I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I've been so used to watching a dominant team year in, year out, knowing that these guys are going to go into the finals and face another team that's, you know, somewhat going, you know, projected to go there. And, and and seeing what happens. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of a transition where anyone can win now. It's, 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 I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that right now. Uh, I can't say I disagree with you. Obviously losing Otto Porter and especially Gary Payton, very much part of their, why that they're so good. I really think that. Well, I, I, I think I, I think the Gary Payton thing is really Gary cool. Payton was a big, big part, no doubt. Uh, I, I, I think we really need to reiterate that Wiggins' defense on on Tatum was, in my book, the the, the difference maker. And and it not only it not only was his defense, but it took Tatum's mind out of the game. It, he could not recover. He could not recover. He could not adjust. And because of that, they ended up losing. You can't lose at finals when you're up two to one. Can't lose that. You can't lose the finals when you're up two to one, um, unless you're LeBron in 2015, where you just <laughs> you don't have anybody. Well, he, he, he willed that team. He willed that team of misfits because Kyrie and and Kevin Love got sent out for the year, and I, you know, he his talent got them. The two one, but then as soon as the dust settled, they were able to win three in a row to finish it off. But that's sports, man. Availability is 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 in a lot of ways the greatest ability. That's that that that's in life. It, uh, like what did they? What is what did Woody Allen say? Like eighty percent of life of success in life is just showing it's showing up, up. and, and that really showing he, up. He got that from Sinatra. Sinatra yeah, said ninety percent okay, of it is showing up. Board. Yeah. Just show up. Especially that industry. When you show up on time and you're ready to perform, you're likely going to be relied on or you're going to be reliable and people are going to trust you to be reliable because especially in the entertainment world, it's such an ego-driven industry. It's such a – most people who make it in sports, make it in entertainment – are outcasts in some degree. That's why every time you hear these guys do interviews, nobody believed in me, nobody believed in me, nobody believed in me. Yet I'm sitting there going, you've been catered since you were 12 years old. What do you mean no one believed in you? Um, (laughs) I think a lot of people imagine that in their heads. And then, of course, actors and 
performers, you know, it's a very hard business to get into. So the moment they get that shot and they go through, you know, since it's only so many spots, you know, they, they become entitled, they become kind of above their, their heads a little. Uh, but as far as surprises, I would say if I had to predict, I would say the Warriors are going to surprise in that they're not going to be as good as they were last year, which means I really don't believe they're going to repeat. Well, I don't have them to do. But then again, if you want all of our picks for Sean, but you know what? I'll ask Sean here in a second. But all of our picks uh, as far as Joe, myself, uh, Nick Medina, and Jamie Sweet, go ahead and check out from last week. Are, which, uh, it's actually done pretty good. So watching that. Since you didn't want to send in your picks, and I understood why, and I apologize to you on the air for uh, kind of do my bad for last year on that. So it's my bad for last year. I'll say that publicly. <laughs> my bad. Who do you have as far as going in the Western? Uh, yeah, Gerald. So <clears throat> I have uh, Philly coming out of the East. Looks really and... good right now. So... Still early, and uh, I, I think they'll make the finals in spite of Doc, actually, not because of him. Um, and in the West, I have I the, said the same uh, thing last year about Westbrook. Yes, I I, I, I realized I realized that. So you'll hold me to the my feet to the fire if this doesn't uh, bear fruit. I understand like, that as well. My feet were like s'mores after the Lakers. <laughs> And uh, out of the West, I uh, I have the uh, Dallas Mavericks coming out of the West. Really? What makes you think? Because Dallas losing Brunson might be considered a big hit for a lot of individuals. What makes you think that they're going to go ahead and be better this year? I I actually um, I think I think Luca has reached the point in his career where he fundamentally understands that. He needs to put the team here in the playoffs if they're going to do anything. And, uh, like, from – look, Gerald, if you're – like Joe said, these these are the most competitive people in the world right now. Whether you play cricket, whether you play professionally basketball, hockey, even poker, these are the most competitive people in the world. And they will do absolutely anything possible to win. He he wants to win. He he hasn't said it yet, but I remember last year, um, I was drinking a beer, and uh, actually it was two years ago. Gerald's Golden Knights had just knocked the Colorado Avalanche out of the playoffs. Nathan McKinnon was pissed off. He said, I've been in the league for eight years and I haven't won jack crap. And the next year, he took the team on his back and the Avs won the Stanley Cup. I actually believe Luca will take the Mavs all the way to the finals. And I think he'll win the MVP while he does it. Similar to Kobe in 2007. Okay. Well, uh, I hear... Uh... Yes, that's uh, going to be happening. What, like you said, Luca would have to take them. I think that's pretty. If you have faith in Luca, Luca would have to. Take them. I just think that they got as far as they did. They had three ball handlers, 
the mm-hmm. guys that were all hitting their shots. And I well, think if you until if the you Golden re- State Series, right? But if you remember, I was one of the only few people who actually said I liked what the Dallas Mavericks did at the trade deadline. We'll see, uh, Christian Wood. No, 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 there. no. No, no. At the time, remember, you yeah. remember a lot. They were getting a lot of grief on social media for it, but it turns out that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, with the Porzingis trade, with the Porzingis trade, that 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 turned into they spun it into something. It wasn't gold, but it was something. Well, hello, everybody out there, Richard Starchild, Tycoon Rave. Tycoon Rave wants the Hornets trade to happen. Joe, your yes. thoughts on it? I haven't heard you say much about the Hornets trade. I know we talked to Laker Tom yesterday, and he was actually all for it. I am not convinced on it. I think, again, I'm, I'm very leery of bringing Gordon Hayward, and as uh, Paul has said, as the Utah fan that he is, who's been a closer observer of his early years, to try and avoid him at all costs. I think after the injury, he's just not the player he once was. Rozier is a take-it-or-leave-it player. He seems to have no middle ground. You either love him or you hate him. I know that Tycoon Rave is is loving him right now. I just think that, for me, I've seen... eh, eh, There's a reason why he was no longer the point guard, the starting point guard on the team at one time. But your thoughts on on this, uh, my friend, because... Do you think that's a realistic answer? Is let's say they get the package, which includes Washington, which, which is now the the weekly fancy for Laker Tom. Laker Tom has a fancy for different players each and every week. So this week is PJ Washington, who is ne- the next th- greatest thing. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread per se, and he's going into the Hall of Fame next week. Just to let everyone know. But your thoughts on on the Hornets as a you might not be far off with the basketball Hall of Fame. They let. I mean, I knew C plus players in that. Tom game. Chambers He's still solid, isn't in the Hall of Fame. Washington the, is a solid player, thirty-seven, thirty-eight percent, and he plays pretty good defense. But he is at what cost? Are you talking about two unprotected picks, Westbrook that's, for that package? Well, yes. It's, it's, no, yeah, that's probably. No. You might as well do the Indiana trade at that point then, because you actually could. You actually need a guy like Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. You actually need that guy. You need him because he does two things. That would be huge. One, it finally puts AD in the spot he wants at all times. The other, he can actually shoot as a big man. And number three, which is actually the most important part, is he spreads the floor. So if you're gonna spend, if you're gonna spend two first round picks that are unprotected, you just do the Indiana trade. You don't. If you do the Washington Rozier Hayward trade, you tell Mitch, Mitch, I only got one, one first round pick that's. Eight protected. I wouldn't even give him an unprotected pick for that. That's something I think that right now that they're talking to Mitch Kupchak. If they are, if are the Lakers willing to go all in and try to get those, you know, whatever they can to get him off the team? Because after a performance like yesterday and also on Thursday, it's just very, very. This trade would have happened with Indy had Miles Turner been a reliable player. Yeah, Chiro, yeah Chiro, I agree with you on that one. I agree with you. Chiro, Chiro let me ask you a question. You've been, you've been in locker rooms before. What do you think that locker room is like right now? What do you think that locker room in the Indiana or Lakers? The, with us. Oh, with the Lakers right now, it's pretty, there's tension. There's a whole bunch of tension filled yep. right now. Uh, I, I know it wasn't you that said, I don't want to see any more players-only meetings, but you know what? They've got two days off to start talking about what they're going to be doing. 
because yeah well I, what i said what i said was i don't want to i don't really want to see that because like a players only meeting though the, <laughs> let's let's be honest like those rarely accomplish anything a, a, a coaching change that usually has that usually has a binary effect it's either very positive or very negative look at the philadelphia phillies made a change now they're going to the world series just just one example there i don't think players only meetings accomplish very much because you've been, you've been together in training camp and possibly pre-camp and you know one another at this point and all of a sudden a few games in this guy's this guy's got an issue with that guy's hotel room and that that's all that is it's this guy's get getting perks that I'm not. It's rarely about what's on the court. Like Joe said, when when frustrations boil over, that's when the ego just is a tidal wave. And that's just what happens in those player meetings. They don't accomplish very much. And I don't think it would in this case either because, honestly, Gerald, if you did have a players-only meeting – What's to stop Russ from just completely exploding on everybody? Because that, that, that would be, to me, a volcano eventually erupts. And you're, you're creating this situation where if you did something like that, I think he would erupt. Oh, by the way, just to let you know, Richard, it's no rumor. It is fact. It trip over a ball. It's brain design. Uh, oh Thanger scene. Just want to let you know, I would not trade for Daniel Tice, uh, say Mm-mm. as part of the trade. I would go or Goga Batatse. Goga, would Goga, be, yeah, Goga Batatse would be the individual. Yeah. I would. I think yes. that kid still play. I think he's been buried in Indiana. I think if, if you mm-hmm. give him a chance, he might give you some some minutes. But uh, you know, Joe, I, I think that's what it comes down to with Westbrook is the fact that we're just trying to find him a place off this team ASAP. The, the organization does not seem as fervent in its efforts to go ahead and do every other fan that's out there that loves the Lakers is trying to get Westbrook off the team, except for those few Westbrook supporters, which are dwindling by the minute after they see all the stuff that's gone down. Why isn't the front office doing the same thing and trying to get him off the team as ASAP? Did Kobe do when he would make a shot? Yeah, Remember that little thing he used to do. Yes, onions, baby, onions. onions, onions. No one has the balls. Let me just get to the point here. No one has the balls to get into Russell Westbrook's face right here. Tell him who he is. There's a fan that did it, and then he, as soon as Russell came out, he went into the little Joey pack. The kangaroo goes in, the little baby. Like, oh, no. <laughs> this is how most people operate. That's why we never get anything done. Everyone's afraid. They'll say stuff behind the scenes. They'll oh, say yeah. it in private. They'll say it to their mom, their brother, their sister, their kids, their friends. Oh, if I was there, they'll write it on the little social media. Oh, they'll do that all day. <laughs> Who has the balls? And this is the part that would be fun. Let's say I didn't give a rat's behind. Let's just say, right? 
You said that yesterday. Right. Let's say let's say I don't give a rat's behind about the consequences of this question. I get into the media room and LeBron is there. And I go, LeBron, Joe Sorrell, Lakers fast break, Gerald Glassford, apprentice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> LeBron, which one of you guys is going to be the first guy to get into Russell Westbrook's face and tell him he's hurting the team? That's an excellent question, Joe. Did you hear that? Did you hear the silence after I said that? Now imagine 20 to 30 reporters in there and LeBron processing that question. I think he'd respect the question, but then he'd probably go into his political correctness mode. Now, rewind. Would this even be a question if Shaq, Kobe, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird? Would that even be a question? It would have already been done. Get your ass off the get your ass off the team if you're not going to play ball. It's it's it need, the question needs to be answered needs to be asked. You give a shit? do you? Doesn't look like it. You 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 took a jump shot with thirty plus seconds left. We were up by one. You don't care. You're chasing a fan. Forty seven million dollar a year. You're worried about what some fan random jackhole in a stadium is talking about. Where's your focus? Where's your maturity? You're killing us here. You're killing any chance of LeBron winning a title. That's all he's playing for. He has nothing else to prove. Okay, he's going to win the scoring title, the all-time scoring title, fine. But no one cares, really, okay? LeBron has to win championships. He has to win probably at least one more. One more. To really... Cement himself. Cement the... I would say sit next to Jordan at that point. He can sit on the same table. I'm never going to say he's going to be better because he's not. There's only two guys that I've ever seen that, I, that, that it's not an argument, guys. Number one and 1A is, is, is Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. They're the best players I've ever seen. They had no weaknesses. And they had out-of-this-world athleticism. Jordan had that extra, like, quarter inch above Kobe. That's why he he, he goes ahead, too. So you, LeBron is a is the best player of his generation. He's doing things that we'll probably never see again. But that's it. It's it's a longevity thing. It's a numbers thing. But being the greatest, it's it's you you have to win and win a lot. And right now LeBron is teetering on that I'm never going to win with guys like this on this team. I I I can't I can't believe we're having this discussion. I really can't. After the year was over, after the year was over, during the during the player meetings, they asked Russell Westbrook a question. They asked him, "Do you regret anything about this season?" His response: "I didn't get a triple double." I I'm with Joe. I, um, you know, Gerald, you, you've called me the, the historian of the show and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm completely honored that you'd, uh, give me that title, man, because I just love the game of basketball. And hopefully we, hopefully down the road, we can those in the future for our audience that will touch on that. Yes. And, and, and I, I just, Joe asked a really like 
the simple question I think all Laker fans just want Russell Westbrook to answer. Do you care? Do you give a belief? This doesn't seem, and I just said in our chat earlier, in our chat earlier, it was mentioned on that, and I agree. It, it just does not seem like he really cares. This seems like and he's going you, through the motion. Right. 47 right. million and, motion. Yeah. And if that's the case, go home. Go home. You got your money, man. No, no one's trying to diss you. No one's trying to. I mean, I'm trying to talk as if I was in the locker room. And and as a Laker fan, look, I'm not going to disrespect this man. It's no disrespect, Russ. You're a Hall of Famer. You punched your ticket. It's no disrespect to you and your freedom of expression. However, you want to go with your fashion. No one's trying to diss you about that either. But do you care? Do you care about this team? Do you care about us? Because it's your sweat equity, but we got tear equity too. And we can match your sweat equity as Laker fans. So I'm just asking you, if you don't care, that's all right. But at least you're admitting it. He doesn't care. Just go home. Just go home, man. Just go home. Love how it always circles around our NBA talk, which we had a great NBA discussion day, but always circles back around Westbrook. And what I just worry about with the Spurs trade, Zangerstein again, Potal, yes. Jakopotal is is you know good defensive good player. player. Yeah, I'm not going to dissuade that. But the thing is, really playing him down the stretch in clutch games, you know, mm-hmm. he's the worst free thrower in the league, I think, or one of them. And yes. somebody shooting 30 percent from the free throw line. That's always a that's something as far as down the stretch. Are you, are they are these teams going to go to, you know, hack a Jakob? So that's something that you have to concern yourself with. Go ahead and blame. Sure, he's great the other forty minutes a game, but when it comes right down to the money minutes, going to be able to play. Are you going to be able to play him? Simple as that. That that's what right. I am concerned with Charlotte. It's just there. There is no pretty trade. There is no perfect trade that the Lakers can make. And it's going to say, yes, it's got 100%, you know, unlike what Laker Tom says, guaranteeing that these trades that he put in his latest article, which you can catch right now on Lakerholics, guaranteeing that the, the all six of those trade requests that he made, all the six of those trade proposals that he made are going to put the team in the I don't think any one of these trades that have been talked about are a guarantee or shoo-in that they're going to go ahead and move the needle so far that's going to get the Lakers into a playoff contender or Western Conference contender. You know what I think? I think if they got rid of Westbrook, I think they have a shot. Well, they, they could have won two and one. You're right. It would be a relief. It would be a relief. Cathartic. Cathartic. Yeah. It that would just be like, help. oh, that's, thank that's God. Still, but yeah, and that would. But there still wouldn't help you as far as your league overall shooting. or shooting as far as from the No, but area. they're not going to shoot. He's a big part of why they're bad, too. 8%. So let's say they go to 30. They're not going to stay at 21 unless Westbrook's on the team, probably. <laughs> but they could go to 30. It's somewhat manageable. If we get lucky at AD and LeBron plays 75 games, they'll make the playoffs. You have uh, two. So go, uh, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, Joe, I was going to say that'd be great. But I think I think even 30%, we'd still be statistically 
the worst three-point shooting sure. team ever. We are they, so far behind right now. Not, not ever, not ever, Sean, because they're, oh, okay. remember, remember in the 90s when they first put Oh, the yes, okay, 228, yeah, 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 We're yeah, forgetting yeah. that okay. decade right and a half. That, yes, you're right. You're yeah, right. we're my forgetting bad, that decade bad. and a half that, that most people forgot yeah. about the three-point line. It, yeah, there was some really well, what, bad. What decade? What are you talking about? The 90s when they first brought out that, the three. That, that doesn't count. But anyway, I think in the modern era we'd be the worst. Yeah, well that's no. I knew what until, you were saying, but I wanted you to clarify. Yeah, up, up until Thanks, the teen, up until the teens here, that the three point was a luxury. Yeah, no, no, that's true. That's true. And we're getting off topic because the the truth of the matter is is Joe's on fire tonight. He's just he's slaying the dragon. Also That's crazy because I think I, I think I've sucked tonight, but thank you, Sean. I appreciate <laughs> no, it. No, 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 no. That was another great point, Joe. I, I you know, I, I didn't really. He's gonna get on, on his dragon. He's gonna search out another, you know, somebody else. You know, fly another dragon and I chop actually, them up. Oh, 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 where'd I learn that from? I actually think if you did trade him, you'd go on a winning streak. I really do. I, I think that I think that is in the cards. Chop that kid up in half. Boom. <laughs> Oh, spoilers! But, Sorry, but uh, just just to conclude the uh, the the talk here, Gerald, I just wanted to say this: I don't think the Pelicans are going to be as formidable as people think they are this year. I think they'll be pretty good, but I I, I don't expect them to be a top four or five seed in the West. And Detroit really looks like they they've uh, got something there with uh, Ivy and Cunningham. Detroit's definitely one of those teams where the stock is is steadily going up right now. Seems seems to me all they're all they're missing right now is a, a versatile big man, and I think they can uh, develop a a core there that uh, in a couple years could could surprise some people. Well, they could already have that on their roster. Right now coming off the bench. And and my goodness, um, let's see, the Charlotte Hornets had Duran decided no, we don't need him. Then the Knicks had him. The Knicks had him. And you've you've also got to play Obi Top Toppin too and decide what you're gonna do with him. But nope, we don't need Duran either. And he just lands in Detroit just magically. Um I think it was for three three first round picks. It was yeah, it was, okay. Fair, fair enough, but to me, it, to me, it was eerily similar to. Um, no, when, that was a, no, I'm sorry, that was a different trade. The one that was three, a different trade, it, yeah. It was, but the, it was the, the, the Oklahoma three City through three first round picks for yes. uh, one of the other players. The big brain on Gerald. Uh, big brain didn't remember the kid. It was smart mother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. And, it's not the Williams kid. It was um, the other kid that the, doesn't doesn't pan out as well. Williams. No, not Williams. Williams, the oh, Williams, they got with their own pick. Just, yeah, just yeah. The pick uh, you guys know that yeah, half, I know the people, what you're talking about. half the people listening to this don't know what you're talking about. Okay, about Oklahoma City, but anyways. Uh, we're, before, we're basketball nerds, Joe. What can yes, we say? we're nerding it up right now, right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But before we go, guys, and I'm going to think about, I'm going to try to reach out to Laker Tom. Hopefully he'll be able to go ahead and work out something for Tuesday. But definitely Joe reaching the handout of doom right there at you. If you're watching in 3d, he's going to go ahead and be part of what's going on on Wednesday night. As far as the post game, sure. Maybe even tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Hopefully some news will break that the Lakers will go ahead and finally 
something in a positive manner for getting rid of Russell Westbrook or demoting him or doing something that will hopefully help the team in a positive direction going into Denver. But guys, before we head on out again, this is going to be a tough road ahead where you've got Denver, Minnesota, and Denver again as your next three games. Any kind of positivity you can go ahead and swing our fans any which way before we head on out? Joe's already said no. So, Sean, anything? I mean, because it seems like they're, they're I, intent I, I, on keeping Russell Westbrook until they get something that they just can't pass. Yeah, I'm I'm not trying to be uh, be uh, Eeyore here from Winnie the Pooh, Gerald, but there's just this dark cloud hanging over us. And get your raincoat. It's going to be a, a really, really rainy three games. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Mr. Witch and Mr. Light have an agreement with a group of hags who call themselves the Hourglass Coven. You see, they can come and go into the Witchlight Carnival as they please to steal from naughty patrons. But what happens when those patrons come back years later looking for those lost things? Find out as Wizards and Wine takes on the wild beyond the Witchlight. Two tables playing through the same adventure. One table more thoughtful, kind, and bold in their actions. The other table more decisive, more adventurous little more prone to taking risks the actions of each table influences the gameplay of the other find out how it all shakes out with wizards and wine the wild beyond the witch light you can catch the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and you can catch the live stream on mondays find us on youtube and facebook we hope to see you at the carnival very soon joe any last thoughts before we head on out i see owen six and then, things, and then things are going to get really bad. You think it's bad now? It's going to get bad. And do you see Jeannie firing anyone? No, she just oh, re-upped. She just re-upped the car salesman. No, I have no idea why she. I don't think she actually threw that and fire him. How? You already signed. For who? Who are we going to well, bring you in? Karambas. You know, you know something. Karambas in there. The, these these people always. Gerald's right. He's got a point. These 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 people always convince themselves that it, the money doesn't show up on the salary cap sheet. So if it's not working, I'll just hire somebody else. I don't think she'll fire him during the season, but afterwards, maybe if it is a bad season like Joe is anticipating already, then I do see Rob Palinka very much on the hot seat. You and... could settle this by just sitting Westbrook. You could sit, sit, set it. And I don't like you said, it just takes cojones. It just takes some just cojones. Just set it down. 
You're Russ, not getting anything out of it. What difference does it make? You're going to have to pay him either way. You might as well keep him off the team. He's infected this. It's not going to change. This guy has no accountability. He has no shame, no respect for anyone except himself. Because in any other job, in any other job, if you were if you were underperforming, and you were also um, being very passive aggressive, and it depends on the job. But for most for most jobs, you would be sent home, and you might be sent home with pay. Great point, Blue Magic said that no one has joined the season more than Frank Vogel and he's getting paid for this year. Yeah, he Frank's getting paid. Good for him because he got he got scapegoated. And Rob got rewarded and for, he got for the same results. I don't understand this. Frank got punished for the same results that Rob got rewarded for. It's amazing. I agree with you. It's very much uh Remember when I told you guys before we got on air, rationalization? People will rationalize what's okay here and not okay here for the same things. That's a dangerous thing when you do that. That's what creates problems. That's why we have a lot of problems all over things because of that kind of thinking. You're rationalizing. You're not allowing the talent to dictate what you should do. You made a bad call, fix it. You can fix it right now by eliminating it. That's it. There's no other way. This is this is the this is the stuff you guys all signed up for. All the NBA PA stuff and all the owners discussions. LeBron has been in the league prop has been in the league 20 years. He's gone through three uh collective bargaining agreements, I believe. Three. He's been a part of three. So he can take blame. Those guys, Chris Paul. You guys can take blame for what you created in the NBA because you guys are the ones that signed it off. Here you are. Now you got to eat it. It's something that's why I said it all. That's this this is the part I wasn't, by the way, I wasn't clowning you guys on your history. That was a more of a compliment. Uh, But if you're going to get something out of the show, ladies and gentlemen who are watching, you guys are going to get the reasons why a hundred percent of the time. If we don't know, we'll do it on the next show. Paul is looking like a prophet. That's all I'll say. Paul, fire him now. Fire what, for who? him now. For who? I know. Who's who's gonna take over? Handy? Uh, yeah. Well, I already heard, we, I already heard what's Randy Fun doing right now. <laughs> I already heard the Mike D'Antoni uh, rumors for both LA and Philadelphia. Yeah, so, and then all and then my favorite part is anytime D'Antoni is a favorite somewhere, I have to hear Stephen A. Smith get mad. That might be fun. <laughs> might be funny indeed. But if you have any questions for us, always at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Always as well, Lakers Fast Break on Facebook. You can always share us there. Joshua Deeds is one of our favorite, favorite Facebook followers. So thank you so much. Saw Jay John Soseda the other day. Truly appreciate him stopping by as well. Matt Lakey, uh, Malt. Malt, say, thank you so much for going ahead and being on and saying that, yes, he said, Philly sucks, dude. It says, what is Sean smoking for Philadelphia, the pick on Philadelphia? Maybe he's smoking something good, but you never know. With uh, Joel Embiid, he could finally get into shape because he looks kind of out of shape to me. I think that's been said by a lot of people. So if he ever gets into shape, he could go and, and maybe even Harden could go a long way, but we'll see. And Pasiano for it, it, Yeah, oh, no. it's... it's um. Uh, pe- people forget that uh, 
Maxi is right there and he's coming. Like I, I really I really think people are sleeping on this on this man. I'm not sleeping on Maxi at all. I just think it's hard for him to go ahead and blossom right next to a guy that dribbled entire twenty. Yeah, I, I think I think Gerald, I think there, there there's gonna become a time where he's gonna just force Doc's hand where you're gonna have to put the ball in his hand because I'd rather have the ball in his hand than dribble, 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 dribble. Well, right now they're accepting of that, but they are one and three. They are ahead of the Lakers, that's for sure. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm good with my picks. I'm good with my picks. I'm not going to ask you to change them, so you're good with your picks. Uh, no, uh, right now it's just early in the season, three, four games in for all these teams. So, uh, by the way, it's Osman Dieng. Uh, it was the one that uh, the I, Osman uh, just got traded for. Uh, first round. Uh, Joe Sorrow, you're doing your Laker Tom impersonation. Any last thoughts before we head on out, my friend? Going to stay on mute, or you just uh... Joe? Boy, yeah. mute. What, who said I was muted? The uh, screen said you were. The screen said you were muted. Oh no, that was just messing with you guys. Fair <laughs> enough, indeed. But want to thank so much all the great YouTube chatters again. Zangerstein, Paul. He wants Mark Jackson or Terry Stotts. Okay, okay so, so so can we put uh, this to The Mark rest, Jackson please? thing, no. Yeah. The Mark Jackson thing is no ever since he made that call in the bubble, and that just shows what call? me. I have said it on more than one occasion. <laughs> on this show. I want to hear it. I think that's a bad call to go ahead and start put Caruso in the starting lineup. This was the deciding game of the bubble. And what did they end up going and doing? They blew away Miami Heat. You know what my game. favorite one of all time is in basketball? Rick Buecher saying Kobe will never wear a Laker uniform again. <laughs> that yeah, was the best one. He's almost like in, invisible now. He's still around, but yeah, he's just not the player that he Jack Haley, God rest his soul. Jack Haley guaranteed Carlos Boozer was coming to the Lakers. This is before he was washed, and he we never saw him again after that. His son is good. His son is good. Just FYI, watch good. out. For, yeah, I'll pay attention to that. Haley's comment. What about the Van Gundy brothers? Oh my God! Now we're getting into ridiculous stuff that's out there. So this is just getting ridiculous. Yeah, well, we're not firing ham. We're, sorry, Paul. What? We're not firing ham. They just paid him a lot of money. They're not firing. Why don't, why don't we just get? Uh, we'll get Hubie Brown. We'll get Bill Walton. We'll get uh, who else? We got is Steve Snapper Jones still alive? Or oh, no, he's he passed away. Yes, he's yeah, passed away. Rest in peace, Steve. Yes. But uh, oh, Ooh. by the way, Gerald, before we go, I'd like to pass on um, on behalf of the Lakers fast break. Uh, some heartfelt condolences to former NBA referee Tony Brown. Yes, he, he passed was, away last week. He was 55. He lost uh, his battle with cancer. Um, I've, uh, I've, my dad, I lost him to cancer. Um, it, it's a vicious disease, um, but uh, Tony was a good guy, and uh, I always admired his refereeing. Um, there's a group of them. Tony's one of them, Monty McCutcheon. There's just a bunch of good refs that uh, that the NBA uh, has missed. And um, just heartfelt condolences. It's very sad. 55 is, uh, is a life too short, sir. I will say that the chat has just been sensational once again on this impromptu NBA conversation. 
We're going to hold weekly MBA conversations because you're asking for it, and we're delivering it for you. We're going to try a whole bunch of good things to just try and do what we can to make an experience for you here at the Lakers Pass Break. Go ahead and check out Ox1947 today at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and read the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Tom, and all of his interesting, I'll say interesting, instead of crazy, instead of great, I'll just do the like the in-between. Interesting. Lakers proposals, the trade proposals that are out there. He's got a few of them at his page, Lakerholics.com, plus our good friend Jamie Sweet, five things articles as well. Magic Tom Wong. Well, you know what? Hopefully you and Magic Tom Wong can go ahead and and uh, and hopefully you'll be able to hold down the fort on Wednesday. But looking forward to a great show that you guys are going to be running on Wednesday. Maybe we'll pop one on Tuesday if uh, I can get a hold of Laker Tom, but that's what I mean. <laughs> what do you mean? All right, but guys, we're heading on out. This is going off the rails once again, but thanks so much for watching and listening. Please go ahead and check us out and subscribe today. If you're on YouTube, subscribe today. If you're on Facebook, like the page, Lakers Fast Break. If you do, it is sincerely appreciated. You've been a part of our growing community, and it's no I'm just overwhelmed by the great support we've gotten over the past month. Thank you so much for doing so. Thank you so much for being part of what we do. And we'll see you at least Wednesday for sure. Joe, man of the board here. The Laker Tom guy in the ship. Could be still the Lakers fast break. Might even show up Tuesday. Who knows? It all depends on what's going on in the NBA. But we'll certainly cover it as only we can right here at the Lakers Podcast.